You're listening to Mid-South Minute, the podcast, where co-op and community collide. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 13 of Mid-South Minute, and we are going to focus on hurricanes today. I am joined with Morgan. Hey. And Justin. Hello, y'all. And they're still coming to us remotely, but we have really important topics to talk on today, especially being that it is now the first week of June. So we'll kick it off. Justin, let's get into hurricane prep. Sure, man. I'll be completely honest with everyone. I don't really like talking about hurricane season because uh, it's really not fun uh, if we ever do have to experience a hurricane. But it's part of life, and it's, it's always best to over-prepare and, and be ready if anything were to happen. So that's why we're here today, uh, talk about that a little bit more. So obviously, hurricane season, if anybody watches the news, it kicks off 1st of June and runs through November 30th, surprisingly. In Texas, our, our weather's crazy, so it, w- it would make sense for hurricane season to run through November. But some things to uh, look out for uh, when you're preparing for a hurricane, and you can watch the news, always stay prepared, look for information that's coming through. Time frames are always important. Evacuation routes are always important. But to kind of give you a ballpark here, 36 hours before a hurricane were to land or arrive in your area, uh, turn on the news get all the information you can, find a battery-powered radio, and make sure that thing has good batteries in it so you can get information in case you can't charge your phone or, or you have power to power your TV and get information. And then the biggest thing is restock your emergency supply kit. And I think we mentioned this on the last podcast a little bit, but I can't emphasize this enough. Buy an extra case of water when you go to the store. Buy a little bit extra of non-perishable foods, whether it's canned goods or rice, beans, something that you can cook easily. If you got like a camp grill or a camp stove, uh, make sure that has uh, the fuel that's required to power that stove so you can cook meals. And at least three days is kind of what you want to prepare for. I'm going to tell you to prepare for more than that. I've experienced a hurricane that caused our power to be out for two weeks uh, before that was Hurricane Rita, if I remember correctly. And I, I was uh, attending school at the time in high school, and I had friends that were without power for over four weeks. So it can be, you know, un- completely unexpected. I don't think anybody expected for the electric utility to be rebuilding every single mile of line. I think at the time it was over 6,000 miles of line from what I remember. So that takes time to, to rebuild. So you have to plan for those things. You know, your lifestyle is going to change. You know, your water well may not be pumping water, so you have to figure out a way to get water, food, uh, and, and stay prepared for those dark nights because uh, once the sun sets, you sure won't be able to see very well. So make sure you have batteries for flashlights. If you have, like, uh, propane uh, Coleman lanterns, make sure you have fuel for those. Uh, first aid supplies, uh, make sure you have first aid supplies, Band-Aids, you know, gauze and wrap just in case you're out cutting the tree and you nick yourself or something. You need to wrap up that wound and take care of it. Uh, in those disaster situations, you can't really, you know, depend and rely on everybody else to take care of you. You have to take care of you and your own in those situations. So look at uh, these preparedness kits. Go to ready.gov forward slash build a kit or just Google it. You know, if you're looking for information, it'll tell you everything you need to know. Uh, all those disaster preparedness items that you need to put together. 
so you can be prepared for the unexpected. Uh, Morgan, you're going to go into more detail, uh, I think, on a couple more items. I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to you. Yeah, I know we've got on our to-do list this week to get our hurricane, you know, our kit ready, get all the new batteries and some lanterns and get our hurricane snacks. I know I'm going to put them in a closet where we can't see them, so we're not tempted to eat them before the hurricanes actually get here this summer. But that 36 to 18-hour mark, uh, kind of what you want to thinking you're going to want to be doing is uh, go ahead and bookmark any important websites where you can get information leading up to, during, and after the hurricane so that your city and county websites where they can give storm updates and emergency instructions. I know on Facebook there's plenty of pages that you can follow now that are community-specific so you can get information from that as well. Again, your weather stations that you trust. And then also go ahead and book our website um, because when we're doing outage restoration and things like that, we like to update our members that way and kind of give you a every couple of hours update seeing how progress is going. I know y'all remember that from the winter storm. We did that. So we follow that same kind of um, flow during hurricanes as well. Another thing to do during this time is bring indoors any lightweight objects that could become an issue during high winds. So like your patio furniture, garbage cans, things like that. So if you can bring those inside in the garage, go ahead and do that. And then if you're not able to bring them in, go ahead and anchor them down. So a big one for that is propane tanks and other big items that could become an issue, but you can't really readily move them. Another thing is to go ahead and if you can, trim or remove trees that are close enough to fall on your building. So your house, garage, Um, anything around there, just go ahead and do that preventative maintenance. That way, if the winds do get strong or the storm gets bad enough, um, you've done your due diligence to try to prevent any type of injury or uh, damage that could be done to your property. Erin, you want to go ahead and take it away? Sure. That next um, kind of time window is what we like to call crunch time because that's within six to 18 hours. And Justin's going to touch a little bit as it gets closer to the hurricane time, what you need to be doing. But for those like between six to 18 hours before the hurricane arrives, go ahead and turn on your TV and your radio while you still have power. Check your city and county websites every 30 minutes for kind of the latest weather updates. See if it's coming to your area. Um, And they'll also, they should also have some emergency instructions for you to follow. Um, Also go ahead and charge all of your devices and your cell phones. That way you have full battery in case you do lose power. You can also, I recommend buying those small battery backups for your phone to charge. Um, That way, if that is how you are getting your emergency notifications, you want to be able to have a backup battery situation. So buy you a couple of those little power packs, charge them up, keep them in a safe place. And uh, that way you're ready to go should, you know, things get a little crazy. Speaking of crazy, uh, touch a little bit on evacuation. I I know I, I experienced something with my own two eyes where, People were evacuating out of the Beaumont area uh, many years ago when Hurricane Rita was coming through. And I watched people sit on the roof of cars, hold on to the hood, hold on to the trunk, ride in the bed of a truck, driving down the highway to where, you know, both directions of traffic were changed to one way north to get away from the hurricane. And uh, that was insane to me. And uh, people that lived in the area were driving through ditches to get to their homes before the hurricane landed. So if you can evacuate early, that's the wise decision to make. So if you live a little bit closer 
you know, to the area that's going to be affected and you've got family, you can go visit north in Texas or in a different state a little bit further north and you, it's convenient for you to do that. You might go ahead and make that decision early on in the game and get out of town. Uh, if you, if you can evacuate and you're preparing to hunker down, uh, obviously have those supplies in place. Uh, let your friends know or family know that might be a little bit further away from hurricane what your plan is, what you're going to do. Uh, and try to have like a check-in date. That way you can uh, have somebody, you know, thinking about you and can check on you at some point during the process. Prepare your home. Uh, if you have shutters, close them. Uh, if you don't, uh, and you can plywood up the windows, that's always a good decision if you can find plywood. And then uh, always be conscious of flying glass, flying debris, things like that that can injure you. I know I've always seen people like get out early after the storm has passed to try to like assess damage and drive around a little bit. Not smart. Uh, it, it really is best to stay put. You never know if you're driving over a live power line. You never know if a tree's going to fall suddenly, which has happened. And you don't want to drive into that and, and be in that situation. So be smart. And then another thing you can do before the storm gets here is maybe turn your fridge and freezer down a little bit. Uh, adjust that temperature thing to it's where it's a little bit colder. That way it uh, will allow your food to stay good a little bit longer if you don't have a backup power supply for some reason. And then when if you do lose power, you know, you've got a little bit of time to where that food stays good. And it's all going to depend on how often you open and close that door. So it's really on a case-by-case basis. It's always best to put like a temperature gauge in there. So if, for an example, if you got something laying around the house that you could use like a, a turkey fryer uh, temperature gauge, you can place that in the fridge. That'll give you an idea of where you stand. Uh, you can take a block of ice, uh, freeze it, and then put like a quarter on top of it. And then uh, if it does get too warm in there, that quarter will start, will start going down in that block of ice. And then you know, you know, you're, it, it's getting a little bit too warm in your freezer. So just a little, you know, trick you can use to really know where you stand with your fridge and freezer. Those are a couple of quick ideas, a couple of quick uh, tips about evacuation and what to look out for when things get really crazy. And then, uh, Morgan, any other evacuation tips that you have or just safety tips? For sure. I know we're throwing a lot of information at y'all, so it's always important to do what's best for your family and just follow your instincts. But if you do need to go back and, you know, review this information, that's why we put it on the podcast, and you can listen to this as many times as you want. Uh, Remember to go ahead and, like, uh, do your research, do your due diligence. But if you are told to evacuate during the hurricane, we recommend go ahead and doing that. You know, when you're told to, like Justin said, if you can do it early, go ahead and do it. Uh, but if not, if they do ask you to evacuate, we recommend doing that. Uh, another thing about when you're out and driving around during the hurricane, um, don't drive around barricades or anything like that that could be out in your area, especially if you get a lot of rain. Um, there are some areas in our communities that are prone to flooding. I know around my house, especially, there's places that like to flood. And so, you know, you've got those places where they put up the gates or the little arms. And then if you just see anything, you know, high water, try to stay out of that. You never know how deep it could be. Turn around, don't drown. Specifically during a hurricane, you can also um, try to stay safe from the high winds. Uh, I know a lot of people like to try to board up their windows and things like that, protect their glass and breaking and protect those when they decide to hunker down inside. When you're at home, go ahead and find a small interior windowless room or hallway uh, on the lowest floor that's not subject to flooding. 
to try to protect your family. And if you do get trapped in a building by flooding, go ahead and go to the highest level of that building that you can, but don't climb into the attic. Um, if you do that, you know, there may not be a way out. And so we want to make sure that you're always doing the safest thing for you and your family. If you're not able to stay at home or you don't feel safe staying home, there are areas around us where you can go and um, hunker down. So you can find a federal emergency management agency safe room or an international code council 500 storm shelter. So those are some options. If you're not able to actually get out of the area, you don't want to stay in your house, see if you can find one of those areas to stay in right out the storm. Erin, I think you're going to take it away um, with what to do after a hurricane. Yeah, so that's really the hardest part and probably the scariest part is, you know, what's happening during that hurricane. But it's also important to remember, you know, safety after the hurricanes moved through because there's so many different factors you might not think about. So it's always important to listen to the authorities for information and special instructions. If your area has been hit hard by that hurricane, it's going to be vital for you to follow those instructions, especially if there's major damage to power lines, buildings, roads, flooding, things like that in your area. If there is downed electrical lines in your area or electrical equipment that's damaged, don't touch it. Don't go near it. Don't stand in water near it. Your safety is priority. Make sure you protect your family and stay away from um, basically any standing water that may be near electrical equipment. Um, If it's safe to do so, go ahead and turn your electricity off at your main breaker or your fuse box just to help prevent uh, anything around your home. Also, avoid wading in floodwaters. Um, if outside of your area in your neighborhood, if you get the, the inkling to go look around at the damage or what's happened, try not to avoid wading in those floodwaters because um, they can contain debris. You may not be able to see what's under them, especially if they're a couple feet deep. Underground and down power lines can also elect- electrically charge the water, and you can't necessarily tell that just by looking at it. So just always practice safety first. Think about uh, before you decide to get out if it's really necessary for you to get out. If you can stay until um, folks can help you get out safely, that's the best option. If there's not a lot of damage in the area, maybe check the news, check uh, with the authorities for information and see if it's safe to move about to then try to help your neighbors. But I would just stay put after the hurricane until you're told otherwise. Yeah, one of those things I, I remember seeing when it floods are floating balls of fire ants. I don't know if anybody out there has ever experienced that or had the unfortunate circumstance of getting tangled up in one of those, but those are never fun and they can sneak up on you. Those and snakes uh, during those floodwater situations. So there you go. There's your discouragement from getting out in floodwaters right there. Yeah. Floating balls of fire ants and snakes. Both of those are nope situations to avoid. (laughs) On a lighter note, Erin, you have some good news for uh, our youth tour and scholarship winners, right? We do. We finally have the names of those students that have been selected as the class of 2021 Mid-South Electric Co-op Scholarship and Youth Tour winners. So, These guys worked super hard over 2020 and 2021, and it was, of course, a crazy year. So we're just, we're really proud of them. They overcame a bunch of obstacles. And then their teachers and the faculty and staff at these schools, we just want to say thank you for all of your hard work through just an unprecedented year. And I really think that all of this um, 
craziness and everything that you guys had to overcome will help you in the future just work through different challenges you may face in college and after college. And I think it'll just be a great thing. And we're really proud of you. And now I want to announce who those winners are. So for the 2021 Youth Tour Scholarship, we have five $1,000 scholarships going to Jaden Bennett of Iola, Valerie Busa of Anderson, Aaron Ducarme of Montgomery, Bailey Morgan of Iola, and Lacey Wheaton of Iola. Congratulations, you guys. And for the 2021 Mid-South Electric Co-op Scholarship, we have 30 of them going out to uh, students in the area. And they are Taylor Barrett of Madisonville, Hayden Bishop of Magnolia West, Kendall Bonnert of Anderson Chiro, Zachary Brown of Legacy Prep, Haley Busa of Navasota, Amelia Bird of Lake Creek, Chadwick Coker of Magnolia High School, Danica Disserens of North Solch, Kelsey Drain of New Waverly, Jalen Elliott of Huntsville, Cole Garrison of Alpha Omega, Sophia Garza of Madisonville, Haley Goodney of Iola, Halen Hanks, she's homeschooled, Savannah Jensen, Huntsville High School, Samantha Kurtz of Magnolia High School, Josie McMahon of Alpha Omega, Kaysen Mormon of Huntsville, Chance Neisner of Lake Creek, Delaney Pavlock of Anderson Shiro, Maddie Riley, she's also homeschooled, Sierra Schoenman, she's homeschooled as well, Abby Stewart of Alpha Omega, Tanner Stone of College Station High School, Lindsey Van Bruen of Covenant Christian High School, Allison Weta of Lake Creek, Catherine Waits, she's homeschooled, Austin White of Anderson Shiro, Skylar Woods of Anderson Shiro, and Savannah Young of Navasota High School. I know that was a lot of names listed off, but we're very proud of these 30 students and wish them nothing but the best in the future. And you guys, be on the lookout for a letter in the mail with instructions on how to claim your scholarship. So in June, there's a lot of big things going on. Um, we talked about hurricane season starting. Annual meeting is coming up fast on June 18th. So you saw that in your magazine. You know, we had the dust cover on there with your ballot and everything that hopefully you have put in the mail and postmarked. So you were entered to win one of our $500 bill credits or the free Mid-South Fiber for a year. Um, but another thing that was in that magazine, if you flip through there, is our Summer of Barbecue Trail. And uh, we're really excited about this. There's lots of good places to eat in the area, and we just wanted to highlight some of those. Um, I know Aaron and I spent a day driving around and um, going to some of these places, seeing what they had to offer, had some really good food. I'm sure Aaron will agree. But we really encourage you to take a look at the map in there and consider eating out locally, uh, support these small businesses that also support our community. Aaron, what do you have to say about it? You're already making me hungry. That's what I have to say about it. Um, oh, no. <laughs> no, the, the places are great. The people are even better. Uh, super friendly. You can't go wrong at any of these places listed. These were a lot of our employees' favorites when we polled them. And honestly, if you want to make a really fun day out of it, I would just go around the whole trail and just sample a little bit at every place you can. But I know when we stopped by to visit uh, three of actually three of them in person, we went to Smoke Daddy's. It's a barbecue trailer that they have in Rones Prairie, Texas. We stopped at Mallet Brothers in Navasota, and they actually have a couple of different locations up north in Madisonville and Iola as well. And then we also stopped at Benny J's in Huntsville, and I have to tell you guys, they have some amazing food. So we encourage you to get out, 
check out the trail, shop local, and eat some barbecue. Midsouth Fiber Internet is bringing true gigabit internet speeds to your community. Now is the time to jump on the broadband wagon. Visit midsouthfiber.com to follow our construction progress, select your packaging, and re-register your address for bolder, faster fiber. Well, with that, guys, we want to send a congratulations to the 2021 scholarship winners. We'll get you some good barbecue. Don't forget about the annual meeting on June 18th. You can stream that from the website. And we will see you down the line. Morgan, I'm hungry. Talk to me about barbecue. (laughs) Oh, goodness. I had something all planned out, and you just, like, threw a curveball in it. I just steamrolled your idea. (laughs) All right. Well, barbecue. So, I'm going to go back off on my tangent, Justin.